The Lifestylist, episode 152, featuring Sahara Rose. I'm Luke Story, a former celebrity fashion stylist and founder of School of Style. For the past 20 years, I've been relentlessly dedicated to my deepest passion, designing the ultimate lifestyle based on the most powerful principles of health and spirituality. The Lifestylist Podcast is a show dedicated to sharing my discoveries and the experts behind them with you. This glorious, thought-provoking episode of the Lifestylist Podcast is brought to you by ErgoDriven. These guys have changed the game for me in terms of working in the office and working in the studio. These geniuses created something called a topo mat, which is this really squishy, uneven surface pad that I stand on when I'm working at my standing desk. I don't know if you guys got the memo, but sitting is the new smoking. Well, standing for long periods of time is also the new smoking. It really sucks. The key to ergonomics is moving, and the topo mat keeps me moving because it has a fun, unpredictable, uneven surface that's also soft. So as I stand here and record this promo, literally, I'm standing on this thing, moving my ass around, like doing some Shakira hips up in this piece. No, seriously, I can't move that much when I'm on the mic, but when I'm doing other types of, because you have to stay close to it. But when I'm doing other work, this thing literally keeps me standing. So if you want to check it out, it's very affordable. All you have to do is just go over to ergodriven.com forward slash Luke, and you'll get a discount of 10% by using the code Luke. So go to ergodriven.com forward slash Luke, use the discount code Luke and save 10% off. And while you're there, don't forget to check out the Spark, which is a really easy to assemble, very light and portable, yet sturdy standing desk. It's made out of a really thick cardboard and you can just move it around the office. I move it around my house to use my laptop when I'm not at my hardcore like studio desk. So again, go to ergodriven.com forward slash Luke and use the code Luke to save 10% off. Do you listen to this show and other health related shows that give a lot of advice on superfoods and herbs and vitamins and supplements, but find yourself a bit overwhelmed? It's like just too much. You can't have 45 bottles of pills in your cabinet and figure out when to take what and what they do and all that. I know a lot of you listening are like that. So I'm happy to announce uh, one of our new show sponsors called Athletic Greens. And Athletic Greens is more than just another greens product. It's actually the most complete whole food supplement available on the market. It's got over 75 ingredients all working together to help you in 11 areas of health. It's been developed over 10 years by doctors, nutritionists, naturopaths, and one scoop of this stuff is like having 11 supplements in one. I'm not even kidding. So it's really great for the convenience factor, the energy, the lift that it gives you. It's also great for travel because it comes in these little packets if you so choose. So it is really awesome and I'm just very happy to bring them on board and I'd love for you to explore this and uh, see what you think. So if you go to this URL, get ready, get your pen out, get your brain out, get ready to type athleticgreens.com forward slash Luke, you will get 20 free travel packets valued at 99 bucks with your first purchase just because you listen to this show. It's pretty dope. So again, go to athleticgreens.com forward slash Luke to claim your special offer right now. Oh. 
Welcome to the Lifestylist Podcast. This episode takes us to the far, far east with our guest Sahara Rose as she takes us on a deep exploration into the Ayurvedic worldview and lifestyle. And it's a good one, folks, so make sure you stick with it until the end. I've got a special announcement for you. What, what, what? That's right. This Friday, I have another bonus special report show for you. I'm just cranking out the episodes these days. Sometimes I have so many that I have to put a shout out on Friday and Tuesday. So Fridays are the bonus shows. This week, we've got Hans Eng and Rowena Gates, anti-aging miracles and biohacking superpowers with the Nano-V. Now, I post a lot about the Nano-V, this amazing device that I got a while ago. It's changed the game for me. It's totally insane. And a lot of people ask me on social media, what is that thing? I don't get it. And to be honest, I don't really get it either. I just know that it makes me feel really good. So I caught up with the founders and creators of the Nano-V and did a special report with them. So we do an interview that's very extensive about the science of this technology. It's really cool. That's this Friday. Then next Tuesday, my buddy Max Lugavere joins the show where we talk about genius foods for high performance and happiness. Max is a great guy. He came over to the apartment a while back and uh, we dropped a heavy episode. So that will be on Tuesday. And I also want to remind you guys, you can watch most of these interviews, including this one you're about to listen to with Sahara Rose on YouTube. I always kind of forget to tell you that. You probably aren't even aware, but there's videos for, I don't know, 90% of these. And if you want to watch me record these live, you can join my Facebook group. That's the Lifestylist Podcast Facebook group. It's a private group. And most of the time, I drag all my gear around and I actually live stream these interviews in all their nasty, raw glory while I'm recording them. Then I do an edited video with proper sound and lighting and all that for YouTube that comes out the same day as the podcast. So today's Tuesday, the show's coming out. The minute this hits iTunes, the video version also hits YouTube. So just something for you to know. I've got a couple speaking gigs coming up that I'm super stoked about. I'm doing a gig at One Taste in Venice, July 26th. That's in two days. Hello. If you want to come, go to lukestory.com forward slash events. lukestory.com forward slash events. And then I'll be doing Next Health Century City, August 22nd, a big biohacking talk. And then I'll be doing another one the next night. It's like the tour of LA in August 2018. The next night, I'll be at Osteo Strong in West LA on August 23rd. So again, go to lukestory.com forward slash events to get in. Okay, now into the good stuff. Our episode guest is Sahara Rose. She's the best-selling author of The Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda. I've always wanted to do one of those books. I just have to figure out what I'm an idiot at, or I guess not an idiot at, that I can teach people how to not, you know what I'm trying to say. Cool idea for a book. Anyway, she's also the author of the upcoming book, Eat, Feel, Fresh, a contemporary plant-based Ayurvedic cookbook coming out in October 2018. She's also been called a leading voice for the millennial generation into the new paradigm shift by none other than Deepak Chopra. I'd really like to get him on the show. If you're listening to this, Sahara, let's, let's get that together. It seems like you guys are buddies. But no, seriously, that's an amazing endorsement. And she's also hostess with the mostess of the Highest Self podcast on which I have also been a guest. So it's just one big podcasting family here. Now, this one I recorded at the Longevity Now conference. I did a bunch of shows there. You probably have noticed that as a trend. She was one of my all-star guests. I did an episode a few weeks back with six different people and she was one of them. And I'll tell you what, honestly, I was so impressed with her brilliance and just, I don't know, she's just such a sweet, great person. 
uh, when we did the mini episode, the lightning round, I had to invite her in later that day to do a dedicated episode with her, which is what you're about to listen to. So uh, I recently did an episode on Ayurvedic food. I mean, really on the eating aspect with Jasmine Hemsley. So don't think you're getting a double Ayurvedic episode because this one's way different. The Jasmine one was not so much about lifestyle. It was more about kind of her approach to Ayurvedic eating and cuisine. She's an amazing chef and she's kind of paleo. So it had a little bit different angle. This is like the entire Ayurveda bucket here. Okay, so here's what we talk about. Why Ayurveda is for the common person, unlike its sister science, yoga. Growing up with two first-generation Indians, immigrants, and just wanting to fit in. Picking up hot yoga at first just to gain weight, but getting a whole lot more out of it. And then Sahara tells us about living in a jail in Costa Rica at the age of 15 and other on-the-ground volunteer work she's done. How to thoughtfully craft a diet based on where you live and what your body needs what the three doshas are and how your dosha affects your entire life, why the dosha in your mind isn't necessarily the same dosha in your body and what you can do to bring balance to them in different ways, your dosha and how it affects your relationships. Yes, love life is very much affected by the dosha thing. And you're going to find out what that is. Why tongue scraping isn't just a trend, it's actually really effective as a health practice. And then my crazy panchakarma experience in India and why it's such a powerful detoxification treatment. That's toward the end of the interview. And um, I have to say, not just because it's my story, but it's a funny ass story. So make sure you stick through to the end to hear that. And then finally, what you can expect from Sahara's upcoming cookbook, Eat, Feel Fresh. I'm really excited about that one myself. So this is one of my favorite interviews of all time. I'm sure you're going to feel the same way. Let's give a warm welcome to our guest, Sahara Rose. Welcome to the show, Sahara. Thank you. It's so good to be back in this chair for a full episode. Yeah, now. it's funny. So listeners, I don't know which one will have come out first. Probably the other one, which will be, I guess, a teaser for this interview. But we yeah. sat down to do a lightning round yesterday. And we had planned to have her on the show, but I was so backlogged with episodes. I was like, oh, we'll do it in LA like in a few months. And then last night, I was like, got back to my room and I was like... She has a lot to say. Like we didn't even scratch the surface. You were very articulate and knowledgeable. And I was like, no, no, no. We got to grab this while I have all this stuff set up and get like an official real episode so I can extract your knowledge and share it with the world. Take it all. Yeah. So thanks for making the time to Thank do another you. one. Yeah. And uh, here we are. Cool. So there's one thing I have not covered on this show in depth, and that is the Ayurvedic whole philosophy. And I know that's you know one of your main areas of study and expertise. So I want to cover that. I did one show early on with a guy named Moss Vidal, who was my yoga teacher for many years. And he's an Ayurvedic teacher, has centers, teaches it, has been to India a million times. But in the episode, we ended up just talking about spirituality and stuff. And we right. never really got into the whole thing. Yeah. And I just cheated and named the episode like the secrets of Ayurveda. And we didn't really do that. I kind of like <laughs> jipped the, yeah, the audience of that. Of that. And, then, um, and then I interviewed uh, Jasmine Hemsley the other day, okay. who's a chef from the UK okay. and is you know loosely based in Ayurveda, kind of an amalgam of Ayurveda meets paleo almost. Very cool. Okay, uh, Makes great food and was just a lovely person and knew a lot about Ayurveda, but I don't think goes into it as deeply as you do. So right. I'm like, ha ha ha. Okay, finally. Ask me all the questions. <laughs> yeah. So she got me kind of primed because mm -hmm. we were talking a lot about digestion and mm -hmm. you know hot and cold and different body right. types and doshas and all that. So I was like, oh man. Oh, I, wanna... I can take your pulse check your tongue. We can get cool, into cool. it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm excited to go deeper with that. Yeah. So give us a little bit of your background. Uh, where, How did you get into all of the stuff that you're into? 
Yeah. So I so first of all, for people who don't know who what Ayurveda is, Ayurveda is the world's oldest health system. It originated in ancient India over five thousand years ago, and it's the sister science of yoga. And they're both based off of the Vedas. The word Veda means knowledge. So these are the first ever written recorded texts. And yoga is the science of enlightenment. It's how do we leave this physical body and become one with Brahma, with source. That's the practice of yoga. You know, the stuff that we're doing is one part of asana practice. Asana means to sit in stillness. One part of sitting in stillness is to move so you can learn how to sit in stillness. So really what we're practicing is like this little, little part of yoga. But the predecessor of yoga is to heal the mind and the body because how can you leave the body and become one with source when you have digestive issues and your head hurts and you're anxious and your back hurts and all of these things, you know? It's like when you're meditating and you're like, oh, my back hurts so bad. You, you can't get there. So Ayurveda says, okay, how can we heal the mind and body so one can truly practice yoga? And the path of a yogi and an, an Ayurvedcharya is not the same. So an Ayurvedcharya, someone who's dedicating life to Ayurveda, it's the path of a householder, someone who wants to have a family, kids, job, all of these things. Path of a yogi, there's none of that. A true yogi is giving up all desires. It's really devoting yourself to that universal source energy. So there's a lot of things you can't do, but definitely it's no no meat, no onions, no garlic, no tomatoes. It's like a very, very different path. And then like no sex, really. It's very celibate, no kids. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. So a lot of people... <laughs> right. So a lot of people go to... I'll be a householder. <laughs> I know. But a lot of people, it's so interesting because you know we hear a lot about these yogic philosophies, but we're not understanding like you don't have to apply all of them to your life because unless you are actually trying to become a yogi, that's not the path for you. So that's what I love about Ayurveda because it is for the common person, the everyday person. And of course, we'll go more into the bio of individuality of it. But a lot of people, they think, oh, Ayurveda, it's this whole new topic. I have to like memorize all these rules for it. It's going to be so stressful. It's going to be so hard. I can't, I can't even bother with that. But so many of the things that we're doing are Ayurveda in practice. Right. So we can talk more about the hot and the cold foods, but things like, you know, eating seasonally, that started from Ayurveda. Herbology started from Ayurveda. Like just the practice of using plants to heal different parts of the body. Surgery came from Ayurveda. And then, of course, things like oil pulling and tongue scraping and dry brushing that are so common. So Ayurveda is like the root. Traditional Chinese medicine comes from Ayurveda. Oh, wow. So, Really, we all know about Ayurveda. And that's why when you study Ayurveda, it's like, re- it's like, oh, I knew this, but this is just putting it in, in language. But like, that was sort of like an intuitive thing I knew. And how did you get interested in this in the first place? Did you face some dark night of the soul or physical issues or something that you needed to overcome and then you stumbled across this or was it totally like, what nationality are you yeah so my parents you have come, sort of brown skin i was curious yeah <laughs> like i'm a brown person now yeah. my, my family comes from iran the middle east oh, okay and iran persian empire and india used to be one northern india is our, really? our, our yeah northern india well i mean the taj mahal and stuff were built by the mughals the persian empire wow, yeah that's cool. so like when i i ended up i'll tell you the whole story but yeah, yeah so growing up my mom would tell me a lot of like things like, oh, don't eat this because it's hot or like take these herbs, this, that. But since my parents were immigrants, I couldn't speak English until I started like kindergarten and I just wanted to fit in. So you spoke Farsi as a kid? I spoke Farsi and then I also spoke Spanish fluently, but 
no one, oh, wow. me, no one bothered to teach me English. Right. So uh, obviously I start school. I can't speak any English. I look very different from everyone. Where and were you living when you in, were a kid? In Boston, oh, okay. which is like super white American. Right, right. So... I remember it was like one of the first days of kindergarten. My mom packed me this like school, like my lunch. And it was like in this like brown paper bag. And it was this like herbal stew. And it was like leaking in the bag. And it was like, <laughs> and like, a, like a, a full cucumber, like wrapped in tinfoil and right. like a little corn of like soy milk. Like what? And then um, the kids saw it and they, well, they smelled it first and they saw it. They're like, oh, that's poop stew. And then they were like laughing like, oh, you eat poop stew. And I was like mortified. And I realized then okay, what are, what are the kids around me eating? Okay, they have these things in a box and they have this other thing in a box and I'm like observing. And I'm like, okay, I don't look like them. I don't sound like them. I don't talk like them, but I can eat like them. That's something I can figure out. So I start telling my mom, I'm like, I'm not eating your food anymore. I'm going to start eating Lunchables and Kool-Aid and Doritos oh, and man. this, that. Brutal. So she obliged. And so I started to eat those foods. And the sad thing is then the kids would want to sit with me, would want to talk to me and, you know, because food Isn't is such interesting? a like that tribalism starts yeah, like, so young. Yeah, it's, it's almost like, innate to you, people. Right. Well, I mean, it's like all the kids in care like everyone like misses their mom and is like scared and sad. And just like, if someone's a little bit different from you, it's just easy to kind of be like, oh, you're different. So I'm better than you and I belong because you don't. So yeah. yeah so I never belonged. Same. I don't think any of us who are like watching uh, this I, belong. Maybe I, maybe I still don't actually. No, we're here. Sometimes I we're wonder. We're amp coiling. We don't belong. Have you, ever had this, have you ever had this feeling and this is beyond like not fitting in in kindergarten, but have you ever had the feeling in your life that you were like literally just incarnated on the wrong planet, like on the on the wrong plane of reality? Yeah. So I very much believe I'm from earth. Like I'm like, I'm, this is my planet and I'm here to protect it. But my boyfriend is... I mean, we can get into alien ass stories, but he's a fucking alien. Like really? alien shit happens to him all the time. Like wow. we were in Hawaii and this is like going total off track, but I'll tell it really fast. Yeah. We were on the big island in this area that's known for its alien activity. And I didn't... Like I was on this belly dance retreat and he came and met me after. I didn't tell him about this whole like alien thing because I didn't want him to like get all into it. And that night, I heard him kind of scream in the middle of the night. And I was like, oh, okay. And I sort of just went back to sleep. And the next morning, he's like, I don't know if this is a dream or this happened, but I saw like this light and it was like right here. And it was like a... like a What are those hoverboard kind of things? Like Hovercraft. Uh, yeah. And then I went to it and it went up and it went out the window. I was like, oh, that's weird. It's definitely a dream. Nope, no aliens here. And the next day we checked into another hotel and he was on the balcony. His shirt was off. And I saw there were like these like grid marks on his back. And it was like a, like a square like this and like perfect just grids like on both sides. Like as if someone had picked him up like this, like suction cups, like little cupping marks. I was like, what? what did you sit on something on your back? He's like, no, nothing. So we started Googling it. And apparently this is like, there's like all these like alien forums of like multiple people having the same dream and waking up with those marks on their back. I'm like, okay, so you were straight up abducted. Wow. And I was near you. That's freaking scary. So he Trippy. definitely would relate to not being from right. this planet. Right. Yeah. So you're a school, you're in school as a kid and you, you know, you start using the other food to fit in. I'm guessing where the story might be going is at some point your health started to fail as a result of dietary choices. Exactly. So once I started drinking the Kool-Aid, became addicted. Literally. Literally. Yeah. And I started to obviously gain a lot of weight, but get really bad allergies to the point that like the moment I would go outside, I would get an asthma attack. So then I was told I had asthma and I couldn't play outside anymore. I couldn't go 
do after school activities. Uh, when there was like recess or something at lunch, I'd have to like go to the principal's office and like wait. So I was like, oh, like I hate the outdoors anyways. I hate sports. I hate all of that. Just like, you know, became very into like my Game Boy and computer and like that sort of stuff. And kept gaining weight, kept getting unhealthier. And then eventually when I was like 13 years old, I wanted to lose weight just to like fit in. And I remember reading in Cosmo Magazine, which is just the best source of information if anyone's <laughs> looking for health yeah, advice. Yeah. Funny. And it was like... Every once in a while at the dentist or something, I'll pick up those like girly advice yeah. magazines. And I'm like, oh my God, who's writing this shit? Especially the relationship advice. It's I'm like, um, no, it's the exact opposite of everything yeah. this magazine is saying. It's like, put ice cubes in your mouth. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. yeah totally. I was like, ew, what? No. Bring, bring marbles. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's so totally. weird. So anyways, it said that you could lose weight during hot yoga. I was like, perfect. I don't know what hot yoga is, but I'll do it. So I saw hot yoga class like in the town uh, next to mine. And, is this back on, in Boston? Yes, in okay. Boston. Again, no one knew what it was. And it was called Prana Power Yoga. And I asked my mom to like drop me off there after school. Didn't know what I was getting myself into. And it was this like hot, sweaty room. I'm in like sweatpants and a sweatshirt. Everyone's like doing this dance. I don't know what's going on. But for the first time, I'm just sweating and I'm just connecting to my body. And I'm like, not, you know, because before I thought physical activity is like, oh, an obstacle course and you're being timed and whoever's like the last one loses. And like, I always thought it was this competitive thing, which I didn't want anything to do with. But like feeling this yoga practice, which was like going inwards and still moving, I loved it. So... I start practicing yoga, but I don't want to tell anyone at school because it's so embarrassing that you're like exercising after school. So, right, so right. I start all the cool kids are like going to the movies, smoking cigarettes, yeah, making out, food, and you're like, yeah. I'm learning yoga. Yeah. <laughs> so from this yoga practice, I start wanting to learn more. It started with Gandhi. From Gandhi, I'm like, I want to learn more about this person, that person, Deepak Chopra. Start reading Deepak Chopra's books. Start going into this like like start reading all these like consciousness How books. How old were you at this time? 13, 14. Wow, yeah. That's cool. That's cool. So then when I was 15, I ended up, I like convinced my mom to let me live in a, a jail in Costa Rica. And I was like volunteering in a, in a prison there, helping like with the in the ch inmates' children, like taking care of those. And I started just like becoming like a backpacker, like from Vietnam to Zimbabwe to like everywhere and just going with different NGOs and like volunteering and really being on the ground and noticing that in these places, they ate such simple diets and they were so healthy. So I realized like, that's what we need to do. We need to eat foods back from the earth. So I became healthier, became really into it. Eventually, I started a blog in college called Eat Feel Fresh, which is the name of my next book. But in that path, I thought the healthiest diet possible is a raw vegan diet. And actually, the first nutrition course I ever took was David Wolf's Raw Vegan oh, at yeah, Body Mind that. Institute. Yeah, and yeah. so I became like a diehard raw vegan. And it was great. The first like eight months of it, I felt amazing, so full of energy. I definitely had that thing going on where I'd see someone eat like cooked food. I'm like, Oh, they don't know they're eating dead food. And right. like, you know, there's no enzymes in that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. how are you digesting that? So, became a raw vegan. But as a raw vegan, I was still having a lot of health issues and they were getting worse and worse. Like, if I didn't like food combine the right way, I drink like coconut water, like after my salad, my stomach would hurt so bad that I literally would like want to like shrivel up into a ball. And my hair started falling out. I would start fainting all the time. Wow. I, lost, I lost so much. I was like probably 35 pounds less than I am now. So I was like, like 
88 pounds. Oh my like, God. Like just so like skin and bones. How tall are you? 5'4". So I mean, my BMI was 15. So it was Dude. like... Right. But I was, I was eating yeah. a lot of food, but it was like... So we'll talk about the doshas. I have a lot of vata and mm. my diet that I was eating was very vata inducing, which was is the wrong thing for what my body type uh, okay. needs. So some people could do great from a raw vegan diet, yeah. but depending on what your body... I already have a lot of cold and dry in me. So doing that just created a spiral. Then I also wasn't getting my period. And at first I was like, yeah, like no periods. This is awesome. But like two years of not getting a period. I've heard that from a lot of women that their hormones would get really jacked up from doing raw, raw right. or even just vegan. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then again, if you're not creating hormones, that's creating a whole other source of, of issues from osteoporosis to, to like bone density issues, etc. So that was happening. My my bones, my joints were hurting. I was like not able to sleep at night. I had really bad insomnia. I had horrible anxiety. And again, I didn't really think any of these things were interconnected. I thought like, oh, I have like digestive issues and separate hormone issues. And I started visiting different doctors, like a gastroenterologist and an endocrinologist. And then like, you know, doing my own thing for my mind. I didn't realize that all of it is interconnected. So finally, my digestion got so bad that I was literally willing to do anything. And in that, I start trying different diets. And I stopped... I became like a vegan vegetarian. I was like 15. I even stopped doing that. I'm like, okay, I'll go paleo. I'll do this like low FODMAP diet. I'll do the SIBO diet, this, that, like trying everything under the sun. And I even did this test, which is actually so you, where I would like try a diet for a month, get a blood test, and then try a new diet, get a blood test really? in between that to see if my blood was changing. But it wasn't one month's not enough time. Right. Um, so I wasn't really seeing that great so of you results. check your like vitamin and mineral levels. Right. Because I was like, like anemic and like all of these right. issues to see. That's so, see, that's so crazy with the. I don't know, you know, it's men and women obviously biologically are so different, but right. a lot of the women that do the raw vegan thing or even just the vegan thing develop that anemia. Yeah. And I put it together one day and then it was reaffirmed by some doctors I've interviewed because you're having periods. Right. And you're like losing, losing all of that iron right. and then not re inputting it. Right. And then inter inter interestingly enough, a lot of men are really too high in ferritin yeah. that eat a lot of red meat and mm -hmm. don't bloodlet, mm -hmm. you know? So there's this mm -hmm. ancient sort of practice of bloodletting right. to get the excess iron out as a guy. Bloodletting is part of Ayurveda. Oh, no way. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is. Everything's part okay, of Ayurveda. That's, so what I do is I go donate blood every like three months, not because mm -hmm. I'm a nice guy, unfortunately. I wish I was like that awesome, but I'm not. It's just a fringe benefit of my like, selfish need to get rid of, yeah, yeah, like get rid of my toxic iron, <laughs> you poor sick people. But it's actually cool because I get to do yeah. something nice for people and also not become, you know, dominant right. in iron. But anyway, carry on. Interesting observation I've had though with yeah. women. I'm like, dude, you're already losing well, a lot. And we'll talk, but like men are super pitta, which is fire, which is that heat, that blood, that excess iron. Whereas women tend to be more vatas and kaphas, which is like the lower agni, the lower digestive fire. Oh, cool. Okay. So, so while I was trying to figure out how to heal myself in my nutrition course, I learned about Ayurveda. thought it was cool how there's like a personality quiz and it's like a diet attached to it, but I didn't really think anything of it. I actually thought it was kind of bullshit. I was like, it's sort of like a astrological chart thing. Um, right. But at that time, I was volunteering in India. I was teaching health and sanitation in the slums of Delhi. So I decided that while I was in India as like, just an experience to go visit an Ayurvedic doctor just to see what it was like. And I went 
And there's like a monkey hanging out the window and there's like posters of like chakras. I was like, okay, what kind of doctor is this? And it like <laughs> right, smells right. like oil. And um, and on the questionnaire, I was like, digestion, my, my issue is digestion. That's what I came here for. And she takes me to the back. I found out she like lives upstairs and she's like, beta, beta, you too pretty to not have baby. I'm like, what? And she knew, she knew that I not have baby that I was infertile at that point. I wasn't wow. getting my period. So I was 21 years old. I'm already going through menopause at that point. Dude, what Yeah, because your body's shutting down. So this is not the podcast for someone who wants to have a sustained raw vegan situation going on. I mean, for Does some... Does that work for some people though? For, according never, to Ayurveda, no. There's an interesting you know, discovery that, that I've made recently. And, you know, I'm not, I've gotten criticized for being like anti-vegan or whatever. Like, Honestly, I don't give a shit what people eat. Like right. whatever makes you happy, man. If you're not hurting other people, like go nuts. Be a breatharian. That's awesome. Right. I'd love to see you pull it off. It'd yeah. be amazing. But I interviewed Dr. William Davis here yesterday, mm-hmm. the author of Wheat Belly, mm-hmm. who's like a total anti-grains person. Mm-hmm. And he made an interesting observation, which is a fact, mm-hmm. that there's actually never been a human oh, civilization, right. civilization recorded that yeah. has been vegan. And then we we're talking yeah. about and I said, well, what about India? I mean, they're not vegan. They eat ghee and so they're, right. you know, lacto vegetarian, vegetarian yeah. right? And it, and then we thought about it and it was like, well, you know, are Indian people actually that healthy? Like, I don't think of Indian people as being super ripped and like fit. And he goes, no, actually, there's like a really a, a huge a uh, diabetes e- epidemic of diabetes right and heart disease well, and all this stuff. Yeah. Somewhat due to the infection of their food system with Cheetos and Coca-Cola and shit. Right. But he said, no, even before that. No, because a lot of Indian food is just like a lot of rice and a lot of ghee. And it's and it's very much straight from Ayurv- Ayurvedic food. It's funny because in India, I lived in India for two years studying Ayurveda and I was there volunteering wow. a year before that. And no one, none of my Indian friends really knew what Ayurveda was. Right. So it's sort of like, oh, that thing that like my grandma does, or it's like a kind of massage, but it's not part as much part of the culture anymore as it was thousands of years ago, sure, right? Sure. In Ayurveda, they would say the problem with the raw diet, especially where I was, was it's it wasn't local. It wasn't seasonal. I'm living in Boston. It's like Antarctica there. It's so cold. And then I'm drinking coconut water and eating pineapple and like eating like I'm in Jamaica. So it's like, obviously I'm eating all these tropical foods that are so, so, so cooling. They're created for the equator. And I'm here in this Arctic tundra. No wonder it's not working. Whereas someone who lives in the Caribbean could be a raw vegan and that could work really well for them. They they might not, you know, men tend to have more fire and more heat and be able to extract nutrients out of things better than women. So they would probably do better from it. But I've heard of women who are raw and they seem to be healthy and fine with it. So I, I can't say it doesn't work for anyone, but... I've found just like having been hardcore in the raw vegan community and not seeing a lot of people who are in it. It worked for a period of time because it's like that, that like level one of like you're eating junk food and then you're eating a lot of fiber and a lot of good food. So like that makes you feel better, but then it's so, it can be so depleting because in Ayurveda, we think of our digestion like a fire. It's called Agni. So if you think of it like a campfire, right? And you're pouring... (laughs) It made me think of like 10 mantras... Agni, poem, <laughs> yeah, all that, these things. That's go, what it means. I've heard that word in yeah. so many yoga classes, you know. Exactly. Yeah. So if you're putting cold water over, you know, you're waking up first thing in the morning having a green smoothie with all this frozen fruit. And then you're having like your iced water and then you're having your cold salad and then you're having another cold thing. It's like cold, cold, cold on this hot fire. Eventually the fire is going to be depleted. 
So in Ayurveda, it's always how can I rekindle this fire and how can I keep the embers of that fire burning strongly without overdoing it at the same time? Right. So it's like if I start throwing like a ton of, you know, wind in there and like bricks in there and all that stuff, it could get too much. It could be depleted. So it's like that gentle, perfect balance. And what the real beauty of Ayurveda is, is the bio-individuality that a diet that works for you will not work for me. A diet that worked for you last year may not work for you this year. Fall might not work for you in winter. 2 p.m. might not work for you at 11 p.m. So it's like all of these cycles. And when you know them, you're able to clearly, clearly, clearly know this is what my body needs. Not just in diet, you know, an Ayurveda food is only one fifth of your health, but in in everything oh, based wow. off of what's going on right now. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Well, what you're saying about, you know, beyond eating locally, I think a, a lot of people probably think, oh, eat locally because it's less impactful on the environment, right? right? Oh, I get my food from the farmer's market. It doesn't have to travel in a truck from right. wherever, right? Or be flown in from the freaking South America or whatever. So it's kind of that. But um, I interviewed Dr. Jack Cruz a couple of times and he's a huge proponent of eating in accordance to where you are because mm -hmm. of what you described. Right, just because tropical, yeah, yeah. tropical foods, if you're living in Antarctica, it just right. doesn't make sense in nature. Right. That would never happen pre-airplane, exactly. you know what I mean? Exactly. Or pre-ship or with a you know shipping container. So it's it's like that, again, back to the sort of Paleolithic ancient model of, well, what did hunter-gatherer people do to get us to where we are? Right. E even as they became civilized and moved into a system like Ayurveda. Right. Before that, they were living just on the land, right? Right. But there's also a line, a fine line of that too, because if we truly ate only what's around us, it's like there's so many amazing foods like chia seeds and quinoa and this and that, that then we wouldn't eat. So I think it's like, you can incorporate these like superfoods or great foods from other parts of the country, but the premise of your diet should be something that could potentially grow near, near right. you at least. Right. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. I mean, if you think about too, where where in the world, like if you think about a place like, um, you know, the Eastern Bloc, you think about like Poland or Russia, right. or those really harsh climates. I mean, they're not sitting around eating freaking bananas. You know no. what I'm saying? Like there's always like porridge and potatoes and stew. Right. It's like really warming hearty food. Exactly. So it, it's, it's sort of, you know, it makes sense if you think about it. Exactly. So then even in terms of, you know, even the people there, some of them are probably more hot and some are more cold. So in Ayurveda, they classify these as the doshas. Right. So the word dosha literally means energy. And there are three doshas that are based off of the five elements. And the five elements are air, ether, which is space, fire, water, and earth. So these five elements come together to create the three doshas. Vata, which is air and ether. Pitta, which is fire and water. And Kapha, which is earth and water. So to make it simple, I like to just think Vata, wind, because it has very wind-like qualities, which we'll talk about. Pitta, fire, Kapha, earth. So what are they? What's Vata? I forget already. <laughs> wind, Vata, wind. I can't believe you're quizzing me on Vata, my show. Wind. Vata, wind. Okay, pull it, thank pull you. it back. Thank you, okay. <laughs> I'm already thinking of the uh, next question. Yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Oh, no, we're going to, I'm going to see how well you know these doshas. This is good. Pitta? I don't remember. Fire. Okay, Pitta, fire. Fire, okay. Kapha. Um, I forget. Earth. Okay, earth. Okay. So if I was like, I have this really. That's why I listen back to my own podcast so right. I can actually like learn the second time. So if I was like, I know someone who's super airy, what do you think that their personality is like? What's an airy person like? Spaced out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Spaced out, spontaneous, unreliable. <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah. And then if I said, I feel like I have a lot of air like in my digestion, what do you think that means? Mm, 
I would think you're yeah yeah you're, you're, you're breaking wind a lot yeah. you're doing bad food combining that's what I would think right so literally yeah. we even have the same terminology like breaking wind space headed it's the same oh, terminology that we have ah, an, an I see airhead. where you're going with that so okay. it's, it's vata so you just described wow. vata right wow. there so think wind like qualities in the mind wind like qualities in the body okay so is the wind is it is it normally hot or is it cold oh I'd say more cool cool right yeah wind is cool generally so wind if you leave something wet out there, what happens? If you leave something wet out in the wind, mm-hmm. uh, it would freeze. Yeah, it will dry up. Or dry out. Okay. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It would lose its moisture. Yeah. So that's that's vata. It's cold. It's dry. It's airy. It's spacey. In the body, it feels like feeling cold all the time. Having stiff muscles. Mm-hmm. Having a dried up menstrual cycle. Having bloating, gas, constipation. Literally, cold, dry colon. Oh, so wow. think of those qualities in the body. And then in the mind, it's air airheadedness. It's being forgetful. It's being spacey. It's, you know, those friends that every time you talk to them, they have like, oh, I'm going to do this with my life. Oh, I want to do that with my life. Like they can't stick to one thing. Like that's yeah. excess vata. Oh, interesting. So it's anxiety. You know, anxiety is when you're not able to control your mind or your future tripping. So that's anxiety right there. Vata. Insomnia, not being able to turn off the thoughts. So Basically, all the problems I had were just textbook vata, vata, vata down the line. And this is actually the doshic imbalance I see most common with like health conscious, especially women, mm-hmm. because the foods that are prescribed the to green us juice are girls. salads and exactly. I call and them the green all, juice girls. <laughs> right. And that's <laughs> yeah. like LA for you. Yeah. But yeah. it's like we're told, like, be and I healthy. love you, green juice girls listening. You're, you're great. But right. Yeah. But that's all the foods we're told to be healthy are the vata inducing foods. So we become super vata. And then also our society says like skinny, like anorexic looking people are the most beautiful. Right. So we're like also striving to be like so that. So weird too. By the way, ladies listening, that's not actually true. No guy I know likes like right. emaciated women. Yeah. It's it's really, I mean, it, it really has nothing to do with the body. It has everything to do with your own perfectionism in your mind. Right. Yeah. So that's basically what Vata is like. I like to think of Steve Jobs as a Vata. So he has that like tall, lanky body. You have a very Vata body. And we'll, I'll talk about how people are born, but like in your Prakriti and your DNA, that means you were born with more Vata. The fact that you are like a tall, skinny, long-faced person right. is Vata. Steve Jobs is like that too. So Vatas are creative. They're artistic. They're imaginary. They're like... They're like eccentric. They're always like, woo, like you're, you're so Vata actually. Yeah. So again, like Steve Jobs energy, like he had a vision for a different type of world where like we all had iPhones and like yeah. what an amazing thing. But we all know that he also could be like really impatient and all over the place. And we've all seen like the movies about him. Sure. So he, and he was a raw vegan also. Oh, really? Yeah. He, wow, he, interesting. he was raw vegan and that's and why he called he got it Apple. Can- and then he got cancer? Right. Yeah. Wow. So that's a great example of a vata that like visionary, creativity, artistic, but if it's out of balance, it can turn into anxiety, insomnia, being flighty, scattered all over the place. That's interesting because if I go, I was a vegetarian for 10 years and I was like way spaced out. But if I go too long with eat without eating, like, and I don't eat, you know, late, it's weird. Lately, I've been in a big salad phase. And like, oh, I need more vegetables. My body's just calling for that. Right. And I haven't eaten a lot of meat lately. I just haven't been craving it. But if I go too long without eating meat, I get super spacey. Right. And like my body you, starts you feeling like I'm like floating away like a fucking totally. helium balloon. And I'm like, I need like fat and meat. That's what right. happened to me last night. I went down to the restaurant and ate some pretty tragic 
mystery meat and mystery cheese. And it was just like, I was like, oh my God. And I finally landed back in my body. I was just like, right. oh, I feel solid. Well, that's that, interesting. I mean, so I like to think of it like a pendulum or something shifting in two directions. And when you're when you're balanced, you know the things that will bring you back into balance. So you know about yourself that you're feeling really airy, spacey, vata-y. So you know you need something grounding. Maybe the mystery meat cheese sandwich wasn't the best idea, but you knew you needed something grounding. Yeah. Versus someone who I prayed who's... over it too. I think I fixed it. Okay, so then and I also it's all good then. After, <laughs> after the wheat belly interview, I, I got it without the bread. I was like, I'm really done this time. Like, I'm you're like cold okay. turkey on the, on the gluten now, yeah. You're like gluten or mystery meat. Mm, mystery yeah. meat. <laughs> yeah, I told the waitress, I was like, yeah, I'll have the sandwich with no sandwich. <laughs> Just like melted meat on a plate. Thank you. It was <laughs> so, amazing. But yeah, that's that's what you knew your body needed some more grounding. Whereas the other doshas, which we'll talk about for them, that might've been the wrong thing. Right. So that's a vata. And afterwards, I'll take your pulse and I'll check your tongue Ooh, and we'll dope. be able to verify. Cool. But just based off of the shape of your face, long face. So people listening, if you know someone who's kind of like lanky looking long, I think of a marathon runner, think of a ballerina, think of that Steve Jobs. That's a very vata-like body type. Well, you know, it's funny in fashion, we identify the body types uh, of men, at least. And right. there, there are some there for are women like too. There are like ectomorph, mesomorph, yeah, endomorph. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. my first book is comparing those three with Vata oh, Pitta that's Kapha. funny. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I didn't know if you'd made that correlation because yeah. when I would teach our students at School of Style how to dress men, I go, first, you got to like get their general body type. Right. And I think there's subdivisions of the body types too. Right. But generally you have those three and I'd give like a celebrity example, like Jude Law would be like the ectomorph guy, right. for example. Yeah. Like Vatas, like I'm a, I'm in between a Vata and a Kapha, but like Vatas tend to have like thinner hips. Like they don't have like, like a Kim Kardashians, very kapha, like very wide hips, hourglassy. Vatas tend to be more straight. Oh, interesting. Yeah. We'll be right back at you after this brief but important announcement. In this episode, we're learning so much about the Ayurvedic approach to diet and lifestyle that I thought it would be a perfect opportunity to introduce you to our new show sponsor, Banyan Botanicals. Now, Ayurveda is a rich and ancient science based primarily on living according to your dominant dosha, right? So there's three types of doshas in Ayurveda, vata, pitta, and kapha. We all have one and knowing your own is really useful. Learning your unique dosha combination and understanding your constitution can reveal your natural inherent strengths and illuminate your greatest challenges. This is where Banyan's free online Ayurvedic profile quiz comes in. I recently took it. It's amazing. Okay, so you're going to go to this link to take this free quiz. It takes about 10 minutes. Go to banyanbotanicals.com forward slash Luke. You take the quiz to discover your Ayurvedic constitution in a fun and really quick format. You're going to gain a deeper understanding of your health through the lens of Ayurveda, from your physiology to your digestion to your body structure and even your personality. You'll find out what your current imbalances are and, of course, how to fix them. Now, once you take the test, Banyan delivers to you a personalized herbal diet and lifestyle recommendation program based on your own quiz results. They also give you a free free month content program through email that's jam-packed with lifestyle, exercise, and diet tips to help bring you back into balance. What's cool is you can go back to your profile anytime and review your recommendations and check in on your own progress. Now, when I took the test a couple weeks ago, I learned from that test, which I kind of already knew, but it verified this, that I have really slow digestion. So I'm now using their Vata Digest tablets and their ginger extract, which is absolutely amazing. And I checked these guys out too. All of their herbs are completely organic, totally legit. No swag stuff here. You guys know I'm really picky about the stuff I take. 
And based on my test, I also picked up a couple other practices like tongue scraping and dry brushing, some things I've done in the past, but not really with much commitment. So if you want to learn your dosha and get a really thorough recommendation profile, go again to banyanbotanicals.com forward slash loop. The link for this free quiz is banyanbotanicals forward slash the link for this free quiz is banyanbotanicals.com forward slash Luke. Like I said, it takes about 10 minutes and it's really fun and the results are fascinating. So I can't wait for you guys to check it out. And now back to the interview. So that's a vata. So now we'll get into pitta, which is the fiery dosha. So if I was like, ooh, I have this friend who's like super fiery. What do you think they're like? Temperamental. Someone you don't want to mess with, uh, someone who gets shit done, mm-hmm. is productive, mm-hmm. uh, is always on the go, proactive. Right. I would say. Totally. So that's that's a pitta personality there. And if I was like, oh, I feel like I have a lot of fire in my body. What do you think that's like? I mean, you'd be running hot, like someone who sweats a lot. Right. Yeah. Someone who's got like the pit stains, you know, yeah. like I can't, I can get in a sauna for like a half an hour at 160 and degrees sweat. and I'm like, hello, sweat. Where are you? Yeah. It's really so hard to sweat. Yeah. <laughs> it's really hard for me to sweat. Whereas I mean, some I, people are I'm like, even working on hacking my, I have a handyman. I'm the He's, same way. I don't sweat. Yeah. yeah. I gotta like, I gotta hack my clear light sauna to make it hotter so I can sweat faster. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm the exact same way, but some people like pittas, they sweat super easily. So Pitta, it's that fiery personality, goal-oriented, achievement-focused. They know what they want. Like a Pitta is like, here, look at my schedule and like mark your... Like we'll hang out like in three months from now. And it's like very like focused on that, very organized, very structured. But life doesn't always go according to our schedules. So Pittas get really freaking pissed off if someone throws them off. So they have that fiery outburst. They get angry. They get hot-headed. They I think get... my business partner's one of those. <laughs> okay. A lot of people in business yeah. are Pitta because yeah. Pitta is such a such a yang energy. And it's right. so like, get things done. It's It wants a goal. Like, we're going to hit this target, you know? And yeah. like it's like that football coach. It's that CEO energy. It's very much like that. But at the same time, it can be fiery and passionate and sexuality and all of that. So I think right. of like a balanced one would be like a Jennifer Lopez. You know, it's like she right, got that right. fire going on. Like That's a good example. She, she's yeah. still killing it. Like you're not going to mess with her, but like you like what she's got going on, yeah. right? Hey and, now. And Donald Trump is the imbalance. <laughs> oh, he is interesting. like the fire who can't contain himself. He has, I mean, he has redness. He has really bad inflammation. He has the red hair. He's like a very much pitta. I want to like send him some cilantro to like help him out right. because he's so much fire. So again, yeah. it's that like, this is what I want. I'm right. You're wrong black and white mentality. So that mm-hmm. is like the shadow side of the Pitta. So J-Lo, Donald Trump, choose your side. Right. In that case, I'd have to choose J-Lo for a number of reasons. It's <laughs> <laughs> a tough one. Secrets, yeah. sec- not so secret celebrity crush. Yes. Yeah. And then in the body, so the digestion is the fire, the Agni that we talked about. So if there's mm-hmm. too much heat in that fire... Agni, Padmi, um, <laughs> like every time you say that word, I want to like go do yoga. Yeah. Okay, carry on. So if you have too much fire in your fire, it's going to be like, whoosh, it's going to be like a volcano. Mm-hmm. So they tend to have heartburn. Your heart is burning. Pitta. It's acidity. It's it's inflammation. It's too much, you know, when when our bodies eat food, it's throwing too much acid and it's traveling up our esophagus and that's how we experience like acid reflux. So any hyperacidity related issue is because of pitta. 
Oh, wow. And now heat travels up, right? It's like if I have bunk beds yeah. and I'm standing on the top bunk, it's going to be hotter. So as heat travels up, it tries to escape. And that shows up as our skin as acne. So any acne-related issues is also related to Pitta. Wow, So when makes you see sense. like a lot of like teenagers, they have this, this you, acne. You almost have like volcano face. Right. <laughs> like I picture like lava kind of bubbling up in these little eruptions. Right. And if you ask them, like they don't talk about it, their sweat probably has a very pungent smell to it mm. at that same time because it's their body trying to get rid of, of some toxins. So some of us are more naturally prone to that, but... Not the but the dosha you're born with is not necessarily the imbalance that you have today. So you can get a pitta imbalance from having a very stressful lifestyle, eating too many hot, fiery foods, eating too many foods that you need to detoxify from. Your body's just trying to get, get heat to detox. So we can create doshic imbalances that we were not necessarily born with. Mm. So hyperacidity, inflammation, feeling hot, sweating, all of that is pitta. Do you know any pitta people in your life? I'm trying to think. You got Jennifer Lopez in my head. So no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Not really. No, I can't think of any offhand. But um, like you're like a lot of people think, in business. Uh, athletes are a lot of pitas. I mean, I think, you know, I think my business partner, Lauren, is kind of like that. I mean, she's not particularly like sweaty, but she like loves to work out, loves to crush it, setting goals. Right. I'm total like make up life as I go, spontaneous. I hate calendars and times and clocks and You're dates. You're so and, vata. <laughs> yeah. And so I drive her nuts because we have a meeting and I'm like, she'll like, maybe it took me years, but now I'm like right on time. Right. And she's like, hey, what are you doing this week? I'm like, I have no idea. Like, I'm the same way. Yeah. I can't plan anything. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, th- I think in in that in that sense, she's probably the one that's most like that. But you know, that's why we've been great business partners right. though too, because I bring like the chill vibes and you know. Right. And she gets the things done. Because yeah. it's like a bunch of vata like if me and you were in charge of running the earth, we'd be like, hey, woo. Yeah. Like, yeah, it exactly. wouldn't work out. So the pizza energy needs to so, come forth. Uh, apart from a business relationship where there's synergy and balance there. And yeah, sort of a like chemistry romantic of, relationship. Yeah, how, do, how does it work? So I let mean, me tell you about kafas. Okay, then we can cool, go Because okay, I like nerd out about the relationship. I'm going to write a future book about the relationships Yeah, the I doshas. can tell because I'm like, oh shit, I better like find out what someone is when I start dating them. Totally. Like, it should be on like every dating app. It's like, what's your fu- dosha? That's <laughs> yeah. funny. Okay, so carry on. So kafa is earth energy. So if I was like, yeah, I have this friend who's really earthy. What do you think they're like? Well, uh, in a sense, I would say someone is grounded, grounded. if they were earthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, part of me wanted to go to like the airy fairy kind of hippie, but no, if someone's earthy, it's sort of like, like simple, right? together, um, stable, grounded. Yeah. Like the, the earth mama. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like they, I know what you mean with the, it's, they're not the airy fairy ones. They're like the hippie with the with bare feet. Yeah, they're and like, like really, composting. Yeah, composting, Yeah, they're exactly. legit like backyard compost. Yeah. <laughs> so like Sabrina's super coffee. We can use her as the example. <laughs> Does but, Sabrina have a compost? Are you serious? She composts her... and talks oh, about hey, it. Yeah. Wow, we got a party going on. You guys listening to this, we uh, now like have a, a room a full of podcast. like six amazing souls in here. We, I wish we had more microphones. We could just I like, know. I, We could go around and say everyone's dosha like she's Vata right there. So coffee people talk a little bit more like this. Mm. I know that type. Mm, yeah. You're good. Are you, you, aren't you acting ever? That, no, was, that was pretty damn good. But I was like, know, oh I'm yeah. Just, I'm just literally just letting it anchor in. 
And then they'll like stare at your eyes for a little bit too long. If you're vodka, right. you're like, what the fuck? Like, you know, right, right. and if you're pitcher, you're like, let's get things moving. So cough is just so in their body and they're grounded and they, they wow. take their time. And that's just how their energy flows. So Kapha people, it's like the earth. The earth is like, it's it's a heavy energy. It's a dense energy. It's a, it's a giving energy. It's the mother energy. The earth provides us with everything and we use it and we take from it and we take from it and the earth continues to provide. So this is the issue Kaphas have in their life. They're giving, 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 but when it comes to themselves, they don't fill up their own cup, which, you know, Sabrina was just talking about. And it's the issue that all coffers have. It's like, it's the grandmother energy. You know, the grandmother is like making sure you're okay and making you soup and doing this and that. But is the grandma doing her own self-care practice? No, because she wants to make sure everyone else is okay. Right. So it's like, I think of like the mother on Thanksgiving, who's like, you know, slaving away like the three days before, like carving the turkey, making everything ready, making, making the table. And then it's time for dinner and she doesn't even want to take pictures because she hasn't showered. She hasn't gotten ready. She's like frantic, you know? And and that's that energy. It's very... It's putting other people in front of you. So that's kapha mentally. Kaphas are the chillest people. They are the people that everyone comes to and they have a problem. They can hold space for people, but they have a hard time voicing their own like shit that's going on because they mm-hmm. feel like if I spread my own truth and what's happening, then everyone will like crash and crumble because everyone's depending on me because it's like the matriarch figure. So Oprah is a really good example of a kapha. And she talks about a lot in her career saying yes to everyone. And people would be like, oh, can you like be part of this fundraiser? Can you donate us this money? And she just wanted to make everyone happy. So she would say, yes, yes, yes. That her biggest lesson is just creating those boundaries, saying no, putting herself first, taking care of herself. So that's kapha mentally. But in the body, we physically hold on to things. So kapha store fat. And for them, it's very, very easy to gain weight and very hard to lose weight because we hold on to emotions as energy and we store it somatically in our bodies. And kaphas oftentimes tend to gain weight in their hips, in their thighs, in their butt, in their lower bodies because it's, again, it's very grounded. So the kapha person, what they need is the stimulation. They need to exercise, like wake up in the morning and like run or like do cardio or sprint which is like the last thing that they probably want to do because their energy is much more like stagnant or like trying new things because coffers can get into their like routine and they want to like kind of like... They have their habits, they have their friends, they have their things like, well, everything's good. Like why do something new? So they're, what they really need is to bring in more of that vata, that creativity, that like sporadicness energy and then that pitta, that fire, that action. So with those being said, I want everyone to just take a moment to think about what their dosha is. I have a quiz on my website that they can take. Oh, cool. So you can take... It's a like 12 question quiz and it will separate the results between your mind and your body. Because what I found from studying is because of imbalances going on, a lot of times our dosha in our mind is different from the dosha in our body. So we're going to have to treat them differently. So whatever's going on in your body, treat that with the diet. And then whatever's going on in your mind, treat that with the lifestyle stuff. You know? Totally. So kapha, another one I didn't mention, the shadow side is depression. Uh, That makes sense. Because they're always happy for everyone else and you don't know what's going on. So Robin Williams is a great example of this, making the whole world laugh. We didn't know that he was depressed. 
Right. So that's why they self care for them is like essential. Whereas for a pitta, it's like okay, relax on the self care. You know, you that's always, me. You always, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like people are, like, oh, are you taking? You're so like people. Are like, oh, dude, you you're so uh, productive and prolific. You're doing all this stuff. Are you sure you're taking care of yourself? Like, uh, you have no idea. Yeah. I just spend five hours a day just pampering myself. Right. Well, because like the vata, the vata energy is just like always. Like you know, it's like especially with your energy, you like to try new things. It's like, that's how they thrive. Yeah. For them, like actually the stability in the routine is like what feels like kind of uncomfortable and what they so need, true. need more of. Yeah. Um, stability to me feels confining. Right. It's like, God, don't trap. Don't like go to dinner next Monday. Yeah. Like, no, that's like way too much commitment, you know? Right. But it's like, you know, if that balloon doesn't have, it's like that weight holding it down, it'll fly up. And that's how Vata's oftentimes they, you know, have they they're like the Phoenix. They have so many different lifetimes in their one life because they're moving and it's hard to really progress in anything if you're changing it up so fast. Right. So like that that amazing quality that trait that we vatas have is also our issue because we're like, oh, I'm done with this. Now it's on to the next thing. And to really create success in anything, it like takes like a level of like continual, continual growth. Whereas like a pitta will do that. But sometimes a pitta won't even know why they're doing it. They're just working for the sake of working. And there's no... They kind of forget to do the vision boarding and the end goal. And then the kapha is sort of just like, you know, like, it's good. I'm good where I'm at. Like, it's too much of a hassle to change. So why not just stay here? Interesting. Yeah. Wow. God, you're so knowledgeable. It's crazy. And you're so young too. I just wrote three books on it. No. Right. You're super smart. I'm like, wow. That's why when we did the short interview, I was like, yeah, no, we got to do more. There's a lot more to unpack here. This is fascinating. Yeah. So we can talk about the relationships and the doshas. Okay, cool. Let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah. So vatas, I mean, in dating, they tend to be like... They, they want a variety. They tend to be serial daters because it's like, oh, I don't know, this guy was like too tall and this guy was too short and this guy was too in between. And it's like, there's always something. And then Vata is always changing so much too. So it's like who you were like a month ago is different from who you are now. So how are you supposed to find someone who's going to meet you in your right. constantly changing identity? Right. So if a Vata is with a Pitta and a Pitta is someone who's like, a Pitta is like, this is what I want and I'm going to go for it. You know, they have, they will draw a picture of their ideal guy, ideal girl. And like, this is what I want. No compromises. And that's it. Which is super decisive. So Vata Pitta can be a really good match because that Vata brings in that like creative, like, ooh, let's try new things. And the Pitta is like passionate about them. And the Vata needs that. It brings in that level of fire because two Vatas can just go off into their own things and then lose that passion. Because it's like, I'm so... I'm into my biohacking. It's like, well, I'm into my Ayurveda and we like never talk again. You right, know? Right. Whereas the pitta needs to be like, okay, we need to prioritize a date night. We need to prioritize right. this. That. That's so true. God, yeah. that's interesting. Cause for example, um, I really love going to exotic places and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but I've been single for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And so I never go because there's no one around to be like, hey, there's this thing. Let's go to this thing. I'll plan right. a trip. Like if no one plans anything, yeah, exactly. I don't make plans. <laughs> like, so I don't do anything. We need to just show up. <laughs> yeah, I literally don't go anywhere. I'm like, when's the last time I went on vacation? Like it's never going to happen yeah. by myself because I'm just, I just wake up. What am I going to do today? It's yeah. not like, Let's fly to Hawaii. <laughs> right. Because that takes a level of commitment and planning. Yeah, and yeah. The, the Pitta is like the travel that. planner. If totally. you have a Pitta friend, have them do all the That's travel amazing. itinerary. They'll do the times. Totally like, good to yeah. know. So next day, I'm going to be like, okay, sahararose.com forward slash test or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Take that, then we'll talk. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, but the bad part about it is then the Vata can be like, oh, you take things so seriously. And the Pitta will be right. like, you're so flaky. 
Right. So then the Vata Kapha relationship, the Vata brings in that air, the Kapha brings in that groundedness, but then the Vata gets bored because it's like, oh, you're too routine. You don't want to try new things. And I found in my experience, that one doesn't really work as well. Vata Pitta tends to work better. Right. That because makes sense. Because it's, it's just two different of energies. Like a, my ex was Kapha and it was just like, wants to eat the same food, hang out with the same people, do the same things. I'm like, huh? But it's like, they, they thrive off of that. Whereas someone who's really vata, it's just, I don't think it works out. It can, but I don't think it really works out. Now, a pitta and a kapha can work out because that pitta has that fire and that heat and the kapha cools them down. It's like they're like worked up and then the kapha is so grounded that they're like, ah, oh, I can take a breath. So pittas and kaphas tend to work well. I tend to find it's like more kapha woman, pitta man. Men tend to be more pitta than the other doshas that you can find of all. But it's also because our society really promotes men to be pitta, to be that CEO, athlete, whatever. So when you're you're doing those things, you're being really competitive, living in a stressful lifestyle, that will increase your pitta. Plus the food, eating more meat and stuff like that is very blood building, pitta increasing. So vata pittas work well, pitta kaphas work well, vata kaphas not so good. Interesting. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And so your test on your site. It will tell you the dosha of your mind and your okay. body. It's IamSaharaRose.com. Okay. Yeah. That's right. I am Sahara. And I am your Sahara social Rose. media is that too. It's the just same. For the if record. they just go on yeah. my Instagram and they click on link in bio, they'll find yeah. the quiz. Okay. Oh, So cool. everyone you want to date, just send them over and, there. <laughs> so yeah, it's a good way for you to get traffic too. I exactly. hope that's behind like an email wall. Then you'll get half um, off my e-course. Yeah, no, that's dope. That's dope. You're really good at marketing too, I've noticed. You, you, you really got your act together. Yeah, your website's beautiful. Really good branding. Yeah, kudos to Well, it's to like, that. you know, even with a business, like you have to har- you have to harness in all of the doshas to make a business work, especially as an right. entrepreneur, because you have to wear so many hats. You have to have that vision, but you have to get it done. But you also have to be grounded enough to not be like burnt out. Yeah. So you really have to step into, you know, the different archetypes that you may not be as familiar with. So in Ayurveda, we have our prakriti, which is the dosha constitution we were born with. But our vikriti is the dosha constitution we have today. Nature and nurture. Exactly. Uh So Prakriti is basically the deck of cards you were handed. So yours is like pretty much Vata. But let's say in your life, like you were just raised by very Kapha parents and they like really like taught you it's really great to be routine and stable and this and that. You began to take on those traits, you know? Your, what your vikriti is may become more kapha, but it doesn't mean you were born that way. And we'll, we'll always be able to see what your dosha is just from looking at you, really. It's at the point that I could look at someone and tell them what their dosha is. And any good Ayurvedic practitioner can. So, and about the faces also, pittas tend to have angular faces. They tend to have the straw jawline. Oh. And that's a sign of the testosterone Where's too. homeboy? Is Aaron still in here? Oh, he left. I didn't he get a good that. look, but he, from what I could tell, he was pitta. That's yeah. funny. <laughs> Pittas tend yeah. to be muscular. Yeah. They tend to work out once and they get... Like my boyfriend's like, oh, I worked out for two seconds. Look at this. I'm like, I've been trying my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work. Totally. Vatas are like... They just tend to be smaller boned. Pittas tend to get muscle very easily, tend to be athletic. Kaphas tend to be more rounded, curvaceous, that sort of figure. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Interesting. And then what about some of the... The practices of, you know, working with the oils and the herbs and the tongue scraping and all of these sort of ancient practices that are part of the system. Tell us about some of those. Yeah. So I think the main ones that are the most popular and the most effective are the tongue scraping. Have you tongue scraped? 
Yeah. Yeah. So tungsten yeah, vein. I have a couple versions of it. Super easy. I recommend the stainless steel one. Traditional Ayurveda is copper, but because of the potential copper toxicity, I don't recommend copper. Um, but a tongue scraper is basically this U-shaped device that you can get like literally at Whole Foods or anywhere now. And you scrape your tongue and what you're removing is the ama. The word ama means toxins. So our tongue is a reflection of what's going on in our GI tract. So if our gastrointestinal tract is coated with mucus, it's going to show up on our tongue. So by looking at your tongue, it's you're basically looking at what's going on inside your body. So if every day you're noticing there's a lot of white stuff. It means there's something you're eating or something you're not detoxifying that's creating this ama. So what the tongue scraping does is it removes that the toxins from the surface of your mouth and it improves your digestion. Wow. The reason why is because you start digesting the moment you put food in your mouth. The moment you put food in your mouth, your saliva and your tongue receptors are like, oh, it needs amylase. It needs lipase. It needs like these exact enzymes. And that's the food. That's what's the environment needed for optimal digestion. But if your tongue is coated in white stuff, the reception is not as good. You know, there's a block in between it. So it's not able to adequately create the digestive environment needed for proper digestion and nutrient absorption and elimination. So when you tongue scrape regularly, you'll notice you're actually breaking down food more effectively. So it's much more than just an oral care practice, but it's a digestive practice. And really everything in Ayurveda comes down to digestion because in Ayurveda, it's not you are what you eat, but you are what you digest. So all everything from, from your health to your mental health all comes back down to digestion. Wow, so, that's cool. Tongue that, scraping. It's yeah. interesting that um, about the you know preparing your digestive system by giving a signal to your mouth right. and then obviously to your brain of like what's coming down the pipe. Right. If Chewing I your food. yeah, if I have a smoothie and I just like chug it down, yeah, I'll get heartburn and a stomach ache. But totally. if I chew it, mm-hmm. even though it's already liquid, even a green juice, you should be chewing. Yeah, I do that. Yeah, just intuitively, I'm like, ah, it's gonna hurt my. I stomach. know when people talk to me and I'm drinking a smoothie, I'm like. It's like as if, because it's food. It's even if you're drinking green juice, it's food you're digesting. It's not water, you know? So you need to to let your body know this is food. Get prepared. Was it a Gandhi thing? Who who was responsible for that quote? um, Drink your food and eat your liquids. Have you heard that? No. Yeah. So Uh like drink your food, meaning chew the crap out of your food until it becomes mush and becomes liquid. Eat your fruits and drink your vegetables. I've heard that one before. But I don't even, I think you should also eat your vegetables too. But but yeah, it's that digestion begins in your mouth. So tongue scraping is a good way. The the thing that comes next is oil pulling. Mm -hmm. Have you tried oil pulling before? Yeah, yeah. So oil pulling is like Ayurvedic mouthwash. And basically what you do is you put a spoon of oil in your mouth, sesame oil if you're vata or kapha because it's warming, coconut oil if you're pitta because it's cooling. And that oil basically helps get rid of the ama, the toxins that are still in your mouth and strip them without taking out the good bacteria. Because our mouths, the same way as our gastrointestinal tracts have good and bad bacteria. So what happens when we take like an antibacterial mouthwash, Listerine, something like that is we're killing everything good and bad. Right. And that's why people become addicted to it. They're like, right. they're like, I need my mouthwash, like, or I need my gum after a meal because it's like it tastes so bad because the bad bacteria has outpopulated the good bacteria. Oh, interesting. But with time, you can you can rebalance. So you have it. like a mouth, like an oral biome. Exactly. Right. Exactly. It's the same as if you were taking an antibiotic every day. You know. Mm-hmm. So with the oil, it takes out the bad bacteria without the good bacteria because it's so gentle. So you're not going to feel like, mm, like just brush clean feeling. Like it's not as to your face as an antibacterial mouthwashes, but over time you're getting in there. So I like to think of it like if you're cleaning a wood floor, 
like wood has pores in it, right? Our tongue has pores. If you use water to clean wood, you're not really getting deep into the pores. Whereas if you use oil, that's how you get deep into whatever's going on in that wood. So think of it the same way with your mouth. And that's why oil is really used for... Now people use it for makeup remover, for all sorts of cleansing. But the word for oil in Sanskrit is sneha, which means love. So in Ayurveda, like to oil yourself is to love yourself. Interesting. Yeah. And what's up with the Ayurvedic treatments where you get like... The I had this done in, Yeah. yeah. I, started, I had this done in India in uh, a little village called uh, Puttaparthi, which was the village of uh, Satya Sai Baba. Mm-hmm. And uh, his ashram was there. And well, his ashram still is there, but he's no longer there. But uh, I, I was, you know, travel fatigue. And I was like, oh, massage. It was like Ayurvedic just doctor massage or whatever. Right. So I go in and I'm like, but how many girls are working? They're like, no girls, sir. <laughs> Only us men, you know? And they had their little, their little smocks on. I was like, do you doctor give massage? Like what? Yeah, like, it's you a know? treatment. Yeah. And so it's a fucking great story. I just have to tell it. My friend Duran, uh, mm-hmm. if you ever listened to this, Duran, remember this buddy? He lives out in Austin now. Uh, but anyway, I'm like, Duran, he was a bit younger than I. And mm-hmm. I dragged him on this pilgrimage to go visit all these gurus in India and stuff. So we're, we go up to get a massage and I'm like, oh, this is weird. But all right, whatever. We're here. Let's do it. It was like five cents and, mm-hmm. you know, because it was a couple of rupees or whatever. So it was a great deal. We're going to do it. And so uh, they take us in the room, get naked and lay on this table. And then they also had this little sauna in there. Like, do you want to do a sauna? I was like, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Duran, you go do the sauna while I get a massage. Mm-hmm. And so he goes over in the corner and it's not like a a proper sauna that your whole body goes in. It's like a little wood box and your head pokes out. Oh, nice. It's like a little body sauna. So he's like sitting there and I look over, homeboy's just there with his head popped out of the little hole. And I'm like naked with these two dudes. Then another (laughs) dude comes in. I'm not like homophobic. What, you know, whatever. It's like, I'm getting a massage. I'm not even tripping. But I'm like naked on the table, face down. And then all of a sudden there's like these sort of like... um these vessels of oil hanging above the table uh, yes. and they start pulling these little levers Shiradara. and I feel like, yeah. yeah, I feel this like warm oil on me. I'm like, this is kind of cool. Third eye? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And then, uh, well, yeah, I think they had a towel over me, you know. Yeah, I probably had a towel over my butt and when mm-hmm. I flipped over, you know, it wasn't like too weird. Yeah, but it's like this hot oil and it's very herbal and everything. But then it's crazy because there's like four hands on you. And yeah, I was four like, hand massage. I was waiting for like, you know, this kind of kneading no, no, thing. No. And they're like, like super fast. Right. Like rushing their hands. Yeah. And there's like four hands and it was very disorienting. Mm-hmm. And I look over and my friend Duran, he'd never had a massage of any kind in his life, <laughs> let alone from two dudes <laughs> half naked with a bunch of oil. I look over, I'm getting my massage and homeboy's in the fucking, in the sauna. He should have been red. And he's like, white as a ghost. His eyes are bugging out of his head because he's next. And he's just like, he's totally weird about being naked. And, you know, he's like the guy at the gym that would like go and, you know, hide yeah. to change. He's not like naked guy. Yeah. Not naked at the hot springs. I'm, I'm like, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. run down the street naked. But yeah, it was one of my, my most funny and fond travel memories just like looking over at my homeboy who's just freaking out. So what is that crazy hot oil, multi-hand, fast massage whole treatment about? Yeah. So that's a panchakarma. Panchakarma means five-fold treatment. And it is the Ayurvedic detoxification treatment that's done, supposed to be done every season, but you could do it once a year, whatever you want. And it basically is to bring all doshas back into balance because we can have imbalances of different doshas. Like if you're traveling a lot, your vats will get imbalanced. If you're stressful, your pizza will get imbalanced. If you're overweight, your cough will get out of balance. So it's bringing different doshas into balance. And really it's customized for you. So the different treatments, the oils they use, the pressure they use will be customized for what you need. So the four-handed massage, Abhyanga, 
is basically to help stimulate your lymphatic drainage system to get things moving. It's not like the point is not to like have like a relaxing experience. Right. It's like a, it's like right. a medical treatment. Right. Okay. So that's a Bianga. The oil pots that you saw is called Shirodara, which is basically these like pots of warm oil that they pour over your third eye and you're supposed to lie there and it kind of swings. It's like this pendulum that's yeah, swinging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, I, I and it just pours remembering like that over now. your face and into your hair and it opens up that third eye, but it's also really good. Like it's an herbalized oil that's a brain tonic. Tonic. So sometimes they'll put like Brahmi Gotu Cola in there, which is brain tonics. Yeah. So it's very good for de-stressing and helping those herbs like go further into your brain space. And there's so many ones. There's Katibasti, which is like this like dry patterns to help you lose fat. They didn't do that one on you, obviously, but that's yeah. a kapha treatment. Zana, this is like probably 15, 18 years ago right. or something. I definitely didn't need any fat loss. I was yeah. super skinny. I was in the vegetarian years. Right. So yeah. yeah, so they tailor it to you. And if you really want to go the traditional, very traditional, the ancient ways that they used to do it, uh, mandatory vomiting was often happened. To, after you do the treatment, it's like you normally do it for seven days, even 21 days. Every day you're doing these treatments. Oh. You're not allowed to be on your phone. You're not allowed to be reading a book. You literally are just there to heal. Like it's really intense. And then at the end of it, to help let go of anything, you do a lot of like enemas. Like, so before it, like we talked just about the castor yeah, oil. The yeah. reason I had to drink the castor oil is because I did panchakarma. Oh, uh, okay. So you have to clear everything out you can before. And then at the end, there's like you drink salt water and you do this enema to help get rid of stuff. There's traditionally they would do the blood bloodletting. And in fact, the god of, of Ayurveda, he's holding a leech because they would put leeches on people because they knew that if you had too much pitta, you had to get rid of blood. Oh, interesting. So, like, this is not legal wow. to do anymore, yeah. but leech therapy, which I think they still do like yeah. kind of under the table. Our friend, uh, Allison Charles, mm -hmm. when I was interviewing her, I looked her up on online. I was watching her YouTube videos and yeah. there's a YouTube video of her going to a guy in New York that did the leech treatment thing. Oh, wow. I'll have yeah. to ask her about Craziness, it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's... I, Oddly enough, that's one thing. I'm like, I would not do that. I'm yeah, like, I would I'm crazy biohacker. I'm like, you're not putting leeches on my ass. Yeah. Hell no. Yeah. All right. No, I would never do that either. But yeah, you basically experienced panchakarma. So that's really awesome. And now they have them in the US that are more based off of like for relaxation purposes. They're less, okay. like the one I did in India is like, oh, they are like strict on you. It's like, they're not there to pamper you. They're there to heal you. Yeah, it's a you know medical, an ancient medical system. Yeah, and, it, system. and it's doctors who run the whole so thing. So what about the, uh, I, the only time I've ever worked with castor oil is uh, I was doing, you know, some kind of liver flush, gallbladder flush situation. And you would like get this cotton rag mm -hmm. and, um, and wet that mm -hmm. with a lot of castor oil and tape it to yourself. And it okay. was like, it was a part of the preparation for whatever it was, I was doing a liver flush or cleanse or something like that. Have you ever heard of castor oil used externally in well, that system? Yeah, in Ayurveda, they'll often create a little pool of clay and they'll put it on localized parts of your body that have like pain and they'll fill it up with warm oil and you just sit with that oil on that part of your oh, body. Okay. Um, I have not seen it done with castor oil, but they definitely do it like a medicated sesame oil. Oh, sesame okay. oil is the mother oil. It's the most commonly used oil in Ayurveda. Oh, cool. Um, so yeah, and then the reason that you would drink it is because it's a very strong laxative. Ah, I see. Yeah. Okay. So it turns the fireworks on. Yeah. Nice. Big time. All right. Uh, give me like one or two more of the practices in terms of the, the medical side of it. Sure. 
Well, the Abhyanga, which we talked about, you don't have to just do it from someone. You can do it on yourself. So it's actually recommended every day to dry brush your skin and then do oh, Abhyanga. yeah, yeah. So you mentioned dry the dry brushing. is basically taking like a loofah. You can now find them anywhere. They're basically like dry brushes and you scrape your skin, always going towards your heart. So like up your arms, up your legs, your your stomach, you want to go counterclockwise with the air, the side of your digestion. And basically what you're doing is you're removing all the dead skin cells because your skin is your largest organ. So when your dead skin cells are removed, you're finally able to breathe and fully detoxify. Oh, cool. Versus when it's wet, the skin gets kind of like clogged and you can't really... You know, it's like if you have dandruff and your skin, your hair, hair's dry, you can like get it out. But when it's wet, you're not seeing dandruff come out. Right. So when right. you're dry brushing, you're seeing the dead skin. And when it's, when it's wet, you're not really getting there. So you dry brush. So this is the optimal way to do it. You dry brush your whole body. Then you put oil on your body. Again, sesame for vata and kapha and coconut for pitta. You put the oil on your body. Then you get into the shower and you can leave the shower on or just let it be hot. And you sit in there and you let the oil seep into your skin. And this helps it further hydrate your body. And then you can rinse it off. And probably you won't even need oil afterwards because it's like actually in your skin. But if you want, you could put oil on the dry parts. Because a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to put oil on my skin because it like ruins my clothes and stuff. Right. But if it's the reason it's ruining your clothes is because it's not being absorbed. So that's why when it's with the heat and followed by the dry brushing, it goes actually into your skin. So you're you have moist skin. Cool. Yeah. That sounds awesome. So you can just have a little spa treatment for yourself. That sounds like it would feel really good. Yeah. Yeah. I do the dry brushing uh, when I get in the sauna, like before I start sweating. Right. I have a little, you know, brush in there. Before you, since you're going into sauna anyways, you should dry brush, put some oil on and then sit in the sauna. Yeah. Actually, you know what I do that? I do that. I I usually will put on the magnesium oil, Mm -hmm. the transdermal magnesium oil after the brushing just intuitively, but mm. I could try some, actually some different oils. Yeah. Cause that's like a, that sort of stings after the dry brushing. It's actually kind of a self torture thing. Oh no, that's not, yeah. <laughs> not Ayurvedic. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do some, yeah. do some nice grounding sesame oil. That that's would be cool. really good. Okay. Yeah. Duly noted. And not toasted sesame oil, like raw sesame oil. Ah, okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Awesome. Well, geez, I feel like I've really learned a lot from you here yeah, in, this, so in this session. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I'm, I feel full. I'm like, okay, cool. I got that. Yeah. Who have been three teachers or teachings uh, in any area of study that have been influential on you that we might be able to send our listeners to go check out? Well, if they want to learn more about Ayurveda, Deepak Chopra, he has a great book called Perfect Health. That was the first book I ever read about Ayurveda. It's, it's wonderful. Puts it in, in simple terms. Dr. Vasant Laud, he is like a very classical Ayurvedic doctor. His books are very like complex and sometimes esoteric, but it really helps you understand the truth like of what Ayurveda comes from. Dr. Suhas Kashir Sagar is another really great Ayurvedic doctor. So those are the three that I recommend. My book, Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda, will help put it in like common day language. But if you want more and you want to like go to like the OG Ayurvedic doctors, I recommend yeah. going to them. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I need yeah. to get your book because this stuff's fascinating. To yeah, do you not? I yeah. gave you a copy when you came to my house. You did? I did. What the hell? And you're like, I'm going to read this to prepare for our interview, and you obviously <laughs> so did funny. it. Yeah. No, totally not. So busted. You have, you have it. You know what's funny? Actually, I have a fucking stack of books from all my guests at yeah. home that get mailed to me, and they're literally in their own special stack. So you'll find to my read, book there to read before interviews. But we got to the interview before that, so I have it. Yay! Yeah, and it will tell That's you great. like the exact the best foods for vata, the best daily practices, like 
everything there is to know about like balancing your body. So for vatas, again, the grounding foods like root vegetables, things that come from under the earth, right. warm foods, stews, heavier, fattier foods, oily, dense, um, pittas, more cooling foods, more raw foods, more mint leaves, more coconut water, more tropical alkalizing foods. And then for kaffas, more stimulating foods, more spices, more cayenne pepper and turmeric and things that get their metabolism moving. And then also bitter bitter foods like wow. leafy greens, Brussels sprouts, asparagus, things like that. They don't, they don't want to do the sweet foods because that's too building. Whereas the vatas and pittas want to do more sweet, but like naturally sweet foods, like a sweet potato or something like that. So that's cool. Yeah. It gives that you totally a whole, makes sense. Yeah. It gives you a really great perspective. And then every food you look at has its own dosha quality. So you could look at a food and be like, Oh, that seems like it's a very, like anything that's really spicy, a lot of onions and garlic is a very pitta increasing foods. Anything that's like dairy, cold, damp, like a yogurt, it's a very kapha. Anything that's like dry, cold, like popcorn is very vata. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. So cool. Thank you for sharing yeah. all of that. Uh, other than your social insight, I am Sahara Rose. Any other links or anything you want to throw out? Well, my book is coming out um, in October, October 9th. It's called Eat Feel Fresh and it is an Ayurvedic cookbook, but modernized. Oh, so cool. it takes the guidelines of Ayurveda and how to eat right for your body type, but it has a lot of tridoshic recipes. So recipes that will work for all three. Because I'm sure people are like, oh my God, how the hell am I going to feed my family this? Like, does everyone have to have their own meal? And no, there are things that you can do, things that you can omit that will make one one meal work for all three doshas. So it has a lot of that, a lot of the background of Ayurveda. It was all shot in India. I went in, to India in December and like literally was like walking around villages and got some amazing shots. So it's like a travel book too. Oh, cool. Um, so that's out October 9th. We can totally do a giveaway for your podcast listeners. Awesome. That's Send great. Because this will some. definitely be out before that. Yeah. And at least I don't have to rush it. <laughs> Sometimes like, someone comes on the show and they're like, yeah, my book comes out Tuesday. I'm like, ah, how am I going to get it out in time? You know? No, so that's until great. then they can read Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda cool. and then once they're and ready I can for, read it too and you can read it too we can have a book one. club then and I just then, need to yeah. find someone who knows how and likes to cook and I'm good to go exactly thank you so much for coming on the show of course thank you for having me And that brings us to the sweet conclusion of another episode of the Lifestylist Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Story. I live at a little virtual land called LukeStory.com. You can always find out about everything that I'm up to over there, not the least of which being LukeStory.com forward slash store, where you can find access to all of my favorite biohacking and health products and supplements. While I don't sell anything myself personally, because what a pain in the ass that would be, uh, I love to link out to the things that I find in the world that will help support you, your happiness, and your health. So go to lukestory.com forward slash store. As I said in the intro, I want to remind you, you can watch most of these videos also. Uh, and, as, and as I said in the intro, heads up, you can watch most of these audio podcasts on YouTube as videos. So don't uh, forget about that. You know, if you're someone who likes to watch, not just listen, dude, check it out. I, I bring cameras to all these interviews. Always forget to tell you that. So now you know. You can also find that uh, on my website. There's a video section with all kinds of wacky stuff on there. 
But really, what I want to tell you is uh, you need to get over to Banyan Botanicals and take your free dosha type quiz. I have a feeling after this conversation with Sahara Rose, you're probably like, what's my type? What's my type? I want to go back and take mine again and see my results because I took it before and I was fascinated at how accurate it was. And I'm always curious with quizzes like that personality test and things like that if your results vary from day to day, week to week, month to month, etc. So let's all do it together. Let's go over to banyanbotanicals.com forward slash Luke and take a free, that's right, no money, free dosha type quiz. That's banyanbotanicals.com. I would also like to thank Ergo Driven for sponsoring the show. Because I love to stand on this damn mat that they sent me. Uh, ErgoDriven.com forward slash Luke. You can save 10% off this already super affordable product called the Topo Mat using the code Luke. So that's ErgoDriven.com forward slash Luke. 10% off with the code Luke. You got to get one of these Topo Mats, dude. If you're sitting at your desk all day, you are playing yourself big time, girl or guy, whatever you are. Um, any human that is sitting down too much uh, is playing themselves straight up. It's all about having good ergonomics. So me personally here at this desk, I have the kind of a convertible desk. It goes up and down. And when I'm standing, it hurts my feet to stand on an even floor. That's where the topo mat from ErgoDriven comes in. It's amazing. It's like a natural surface, not flat like your floor. Nothing in nature is flat all the time. So I'm always trying to mimic nature with these crazy biohacking gadgets. Last, but certainly, most certainly not least, is our sponsor, Athletic Greens. You can go to athleticgreens.com forward slash Luke. And guess what's up? If it's your first time over there, you're going to get 20 free travel packs valued at 99 bucks with your first purchase. I got 99 bucks and the, oh, you know how it goes. I don't think I can say the B word on the podcast. It's not PC. Go to athleticgreens.com forward slash Luke. Get hooked up. It's awesome. All right. I think that's it, you guys. You know that this Friday, you got to tune in for the bonus episode all about the Nano V with my friends Hans Ang and Rowena Gates, the couple behind that crazy anti-aging machine that I'm always posting about. So if you've been wondering what that is, tune in this Friday for that special report. And you might as well just come back next Tuesday. I mean, why not just learn everything for Max Lugavere, where we talk about genius foods for high performance and happiness. If you don't want to miss upcoming episodes and you don't want to use up uh, memory space in your brain, just subscribe to the show and every week you'll get it downloaded to your device. It's pretty awesome. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Sahara. You were a lovely guest. If you ever get to the end of this, which you probably won't, if you know her, tell her thanks for me. She's so cool, so inspiring, so smart. Really grateful that I had the opportunity to sit down and learn from her and share her body of knowledge with you, the listener. But most of all, you guys, I want to thank you for listening to the Lifestylist podcast and make the humble request that you close the show by texting or emailing or screen grabbing or posting. Uh, share this with a friend. If you, if you um, mildly like someone even, not even someone you love, just someone you, you barely tolerate, maybe they would benefit if they adopted the Ayurvedic lifestyle. Send the show to them. Thanks so much. Catch you next week. This episode of the Lifestylist Podcast was produced by podcastmasters.net.